good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. As Christians, we are to seek good and not evil. We are to hate evil and love good. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. Now this is going to be in the New King James Version. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So we are told to walk carefully in wisdom, God's wisdom, making good use of our time, because we are tempted by much evil around us. So understand the will of the Lord and act accordingly. Now that's kind of a, a rough paraphrase of what's being said. So in other words, like people will say sometimes, we've seen this slogan, you know, what would Jesus do? So how do we act like our Lord? Well, you know, look no further than the Gospels. Jesus explains the basic, he explains the basics of his ministry which is our ministry. Now, there is no other ministry. The ministry of Jesus, the Lord, that's our ministry. So he explains the basics of his ministry in the Sermon on the Mount. Now, that's in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Our Lord also sets this, the example of conduct, how we should act in our lives. You know, too often we're so intent and focused on who we believe is the enemy that we forget the Lord's teaching. Now, if there's any doubt, if you want to know what Jesus was about and what he was trying to teach us, I mean, you seriously can look at the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5 through 7 of Matthew, and you will get the gist of everything there. Now, you're not going to have super detail into every little thing, but you can definitely see the gist of Jesus' method, uh, message, and what he was trying to communicate. Now, and then, you know, you can also, in the rest of the Gospels, you can read and see the example of how Jesus lived his life and what he was doing in these years. The example he set for us. Now, as I was saying, you know, too often we are so intent and focused on who we believe is the enemy that we forget the Lord's teaching. We get focused on well, these people don't believe like we do, or these people say this, and they believe that, and we feel like that's wrong. You know, and we, we take them on as an enemy. Now, let's see what Jesus had to say about that. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? 
Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, tax collectors for the Roman Empire, they were considered the worst offenders, they were considered traitors, they were despised by the others, so they are used as an example of someone who is sinful and mean or evil. So here, Jesus is saying, you shall love your neighbor. No, wait, let me, let me look at this again. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Now, he's, he's, he's not saying you should not love your neighbor, okay? Because you should. You should love your neighbor. But he's saying, instead of hating your enemy, I'm saying, love your enemy. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. Now, this is how we should treat our enemies. If we have someone that we consider our enemy, and sometimes, you know, sometimes we get wrapped up in the, the political statements and all these other things, um, and I know it's hard sometimes. Okay, now here's something that's, that's hard to understand. There are Christians, there are people trying to be Christians, okay, in every political party, in every walk of life, in everything, there are people who are Christians, who consider themselves Christians, are trying to follow the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that we're all perfect and we all do everything exactly right. But, and I know it's hard to understand, and I find it difficult to believe too, but there are people, there are Christians, who for some reason seem to believe that abortion's okay. Now, there is no scriptural reason to ever believe that that is okay. But they believe that, just like there are other things that sometimes Christians will say. And it's totally wrong. It's totally not in the Bible. It's not correct at all. It's not following God's word. But we want to be careful that we still love those people, even if we consider them an enemy in a sense, like you know, there is, and I, I bring this up because this is this is something that I, I truly believe in. Even though I truly believe that abortion is totally wrong, it's immoral, it's, it's the slaughter of innocence is never okay and it's never right. We can't hate these people. We can't hate just because they're misguided or they have the incorrect belief or they have somehow missed it. We can't hate these people. And, I, and I'm not even sure we could we should even consider them our enemy, but Jesus is saying, even if you think of them as your enemy, love your enemy. Bless those who curse you. Now here he's talking about people who curse you. Do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. So even when we come to these things and we're opposed to others, and maybe they are our enemy in a way, or maybe they at least consider themselves our enemy, we should try not to do that, but even if we do, we should love them and care about them and want good for them. So, you know, and the tax collectors were a good example for them because they were considered the worst offenders, traitors, and despised by others. That would be like we would think of maybe child molesters or something like that. We would despise and, and you know, they would be generally despised and hated people. Okay, so I mean, because those people, even in our society, those people are generally despised and hated. Now, 
I will tell you that there might be some slight movement to try to go against that, and there has been for a long time, but I don't think that's going to succeed anytime soon. All right, so let's move on. So what are we to do when we are upset with others, when we are unhappy with the system? How can we resolve these two opposing ideas of taking action and loving our neighbor? Now, I'm saying opposing in that we love our neighbor, but we want to take action against this thing that we, you know, where we're contested. You know, we're contested like as in, a, as in abortion or anything else. We, we have this contested stance here. And I would actually say they're not opposing to take action in what you believe in and still love your neighbor. But just for the sake of argument, because some people might say, well, if I love my neighbor, I should not take this action because it's, it's going against them. It's contesting what they believe or want. But I would say that really, when we are standing up for, and I'm going to continue to use abortion as an example, we're trying to protect people from themselves. We're trying to protect the innocent children, but also protect people from themselves. Abortion is a horribly cruel thing to do to yourself. The mental and emotional damage and everything else involved in that is it's huge. People ignore that. They act like it's nothing. But it, but it is there. It is there. So, I would suggest, though, if we're going to take action, if we have time to take action, if we have time and energy for destructive behavior, now, and I'm, I'm going back to some things that we've seen over the past year, I would suggest that if we have time and energy for destructive behavior to destroy property, to brandish weapons, to burn and loot, to attack and kill the police, and there are instances where that has happened, then we have time to organize and create a better solution without all the violence. You know, if people have time, like, okay, I'm going to take a more recent example, and let's talk about those folks who stormed the Capitol. Now, I, there was a group of them that killed one of the policemen there. I'm sorry. I, I am no way would ever be okay with that. Never. We should never be harming a policeman. That, that just... It's totally against against everything that we should be standing for. And those people, um, I'm not saying that they were the worst people in the world, you know, and did and did horrible, awful things. I mean, because most of them, most of them, it appears, really did not. Uh, yes, some of them did do some things that were pretty bad. But uh, and like I said, those killed that cop. That's totally. That's never okay. It's okay to protest. It's okay to, uh, you know, hold up your sign and shout and, and be a, be a peaceful protest, though. Once you start breaking windows, you're breaking and entering, even though the police are there and the police were trying, you know, the police were trying to handle them with kid gloves. Let's look at today's society. The, the police are taught to treat citizens as gently as possible. I know you would think not from some of the things you see on the media. But that's why the rioters and uh, these people, when the rioting happens, you'll see film of uh, people driving up to Walmart and they just jump out, they go in and grab all the big screen TVs, they bring them out, throw them in the back of their truck and drive off. 
because the police are taught that when these people are upset and rioting and doing all this, to handle them with kid gloves, to not use force unless you absolutely have to, and to not risk people's lives over property damage and things like TVs and things like that. Okay, so the police are trying to be as easy as possible. They only use violence when they're really forced to in these situations. And uh, so we have to understand that, that that's, that's why the response at the Capitol was the way it was, too. They were, they were being very, very easy. They were, they were not responding with violence unless they really had to. And most of these people were not violent, even though they went far beyond what they should have gone. And the police, in my mind, I mean, to be fair, in, in all cases of riots or demonstrations getting out of hand, I think that's when, I hate to say it, but I think the police need to be a little more firm and a little more harsh and really, you know, hold that line and say, look, we're not having this, you're not doing this. I mean, I know some people would maybe not agree with that, but sometimes... You know, you have to enforce the laws. And and when they're being, when they're handling people with such kid gloves that they're not enforcing the laws, that actually encourages and enables people to act inappropriately. And I'm, I'm just going to say that because I feel that that is true. Um, so anyway, getting back to, you know, getting back to what I was talking about, you know, if we have time to organize these protests that's great. Peaceful protests are great. That's fine. But if we have all this time for all this destructive behavior and all these things, then surely we have time to organize and create a better solution without all the violence. Just do the peaceful protest. Just do, you know, you can draw attention peacefully without violence, without causing violence, without causing harm. You know, Sometimes, personally, I wish I had that kind of time to waste because that's, you know, that's really what it is. It's a waste when you, when you start getting into violence and doing these wrong things and you, you harm the police, you put people in, in the hospital, you burn and destroy things. Um, imagine all that time and effort put into organizing a true movement and a logical argument. That would make way more sense. That would really be helpful. You know, redeem your time. Use it wisely for the most profitable results. Sure, these violent acts, they spur some temporary attention, but then the true message is lost and the impact fades, as most people just remember random, nonsensical violence. And that's how we're going to remember this even at the Capitol and all these things that happened over the past year. We're going to remember this as just random, nonsensical violence by people who just got upset and didn't know how to handle themselves. Notice the only time Jesus resorted to violence, to cleanse the temple of the money changers and people selling sacrifices. It was not motivated by selfishness or what he could get out of it. He was motivated by his love of God. And also, if you think about it for a minute, for the people going to worship at the temple. He's trying to preserve the sanctity of the temple and worship for the people. 
So if you think about it, that was not just for himself, and it was not selfish. Now, and you can also notice, he didn't kill anybody. He had the power to. Jesus could have wiped them all out if he wanted to. But he just chased them out and disrupted their business. You know, and yeah, he did. He made a, they, they, they called it a whip of cords. But you know, he, there was no bloodletting. There was no, you know, he didn't, you know, he pestered and ran them off with this, this thing. But it wouldn't have been like a cat of nine tails or, you know, some sort of lashing whip that would really, you know, really hurt someone. So Jesus, you know, he chased them out and he disrupted their business. Now, as Christians, we cannot represent God through lawlessness and violence. If you look at Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers, attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, Honor to whom honor. Now this doesn't mean we're always going to agree with our elected officials. But we can choose, at least in our country here, we can choose to not re-elect them. We can choose to change the laws so that our elected officials listen to the people again. And we can speak out and have true peaceful protests. They have and do work. We've seen in the past protests and peaceful, peaceful protests do work. Most importantly though, trust God. Believe that God, our Heavenly Father, will watch out for us as a, as a people, as a nation, as a congregation, as a family. God will help us and guide us. If we look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 34, again going back to Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount. Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. If we follow the Lord and act accordingly, then we will have the peace of God, and we can trust that God will give us all that we need in this life. Then we can seek good for everyone, 
and make real, lasting changes in our lives, in all our lives. So I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And remember, God loves you.